Welcome to the Perennial Wellness Podcast, the podcast that will lead you to better health, wellness, and nutrition knowledge. This show is hosted by myself, Kristen Crowley, and my co-host, Brittany Wharton. We are registered dietitians, fitness enthusiasts, and outdoor lovers. With over 10 years of nutrition studies, we want to bring to you the different conversations about nutrition to help you become the best you. Welcome to the Perennial Wellness Podcast, guys. Today, we are going to start discussing gut health, and we are so excited. Ooh, yeah. Going to be a big topic and series that we're going to be going into. Yeah, so it's kind of going to relate a little bit to our last podcast on inflammation, where we started mentioning gut health. And you're probably like, what is that? And why is that important? So we're going to bring you as much information as we can in a simplified way to get you to understand what's going on inside of you at many times throughout the day. (laughs) All right. So we're going to start with the basics of gut health and truly what you're your gut is. So some of you guys have probably heard of GI. Well, that's your gastrointestinal area of your body. So the GI tract, we're going to break this down for you guys. Again, go through those basics and start talking about how the gut is utilized in our body. Like he was saying during many times throughout the day. Yeah. So to start off, um, we'll kind of keep it pretty basic and go through all of these things. Um, I know that we've mentioned this on the podcast before about chewing your food. Um, and this is the start of, you know, your GI tract getting the food that it needs and getting the nutrients that it needs. So every time you sit down and you have a meal and you've prepared this wonderful meal or whatever it is, you know, um, the first part of the whole process of digesting your food is going to be chewing your food. And so one, if you have juices or smoothies or whatever, you don't have to chew those. And those go kind of like straight into your, um, your small intestines and large intestines right away. But if you're chewing your food, you want to make sure that you chew it, you know, 20, 30 times, if you can, that you're mindfully chewing what this does, it is sends signals to the brain and it starts, you know, the body to release all of these enzymes that are going to work to break down your food and get you to be able to absorb the food, you know, in the right way, the right amounts, get it where it needs to go, all of that different stuff. So that first step of chewing is very, very important. Yes. So referring back to one of our earlier podcasts, I believe, um, what was that episode five? We do talk about mindful eating and we talk about that for a reason because your digestion does start at the mouth. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll go through the esophagus, you know, um, which is kind of your throat area down to your stomach. Um, here, sometimes people can have issues with acid reflux or GERD symptoms, um, hypochondria, different things like that, which we'll kind of get into, um, 
you know, there's a lot of research on that. There's a lot of different opinions on that as well. Um, but this is where it's going, you know, and you can understand if you have any of these issues that there's a lot of maybe acid around this area. What that acid's doing is breaking down your food to get to your stomach and get it where it needs to go. Um, yep. And then whenever that food does hit your stomach, that's whenever that digestion starts happening. So that's where it is important that you do chew your food really well, because as it's going down the esophagus and hitting the stomach, if it's not chewed up very well, it's not going to be mixed very well with all those stomach acids. And it does have that tendency to have that backflow. Um, but it's also important because your stomach is going to be absorbing a lot of different nutrients. So we want to make sure that we're breaking it down really well. You kind of want to think about like babies or like a baby bird, you know, the mom chews up that food and then puts it back into the baby bird's mouth because they don't have the ability to chew that all the way up. We want to give ourselves the best chance of absorbing those nutrients so for eating too quickly, not chewing everything up, we're not going to digest our food. And um, that's whenever you might feel like things are just sitting heavy in your tummy or getting an upset stomach because we haven't given ourselves the opportunity to chew everything really well because it is a little bit of a pathway from your stomach all the way down your esophagus into or from your mouth all the way into your esophagus, into your stomach. Yeah, definitely. And if you experience any of those, you know, acid-like symptoms in this area, there's different things that you can do. But like you're saying, you know, chewing your food thoroughly, not like laying down after your meals, um, you might start to notice different foods or certain foods that cause that issue, um, to come up of like a heartburn or something like that. Well, so I know a lot of people that do have heartburn and they are triggered by a lot of different foods. I have a friend uh, at work that bananas really give them issues. Coffee gives people issues. The normal foods that we see as far as acid reflux are going to be caffeine alcohol, spicy foods, citrus foods. So if you are experiencing any type of acid reflux, go ahead and remove those, limit those from your diet and see if that helps. Um, have other people say that carbohydrates really give them issues as well. Um, the sugar in the carbohydrates specifically give them acid reflux. So this is important to note because, you know, whenever you are hitting the stomach with that digestion, if it's not chewed up really well, you're not giving yourself a good chance to absorb. And so then it's going to, again, have that backflow effect. Right. Yeah. And you can have, it feels like you have too much acid with the GERD or acid reflux, but sometimes it's actually an issue of not having enough acid, um, which is shocking to a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, you get prescribed some kind of like PPI or something where they're making your acid even less, 
which like you're saying, by the time it gets to the stomach, if you do have any of these symptoms, you, it's possible that you're not getting that food broken down enough to get to the stomach. Then by the time it gets to the stomach, it's not able to even get broken down there the way that it should, because in the first place, you know, on its way there, it didn't hit all of those acids that it needed to. Um, And so like you're saying, looking at those foods that cause issues, it could be, and we'll talk about this in our gut series, you know, like some other form of dysbiosis or leaky gut or something like that. It could be a food allergy. It could be an imbalance in um, pH in your body. It could be that you don't have enough acid. So you need to add more, you know, before your meals, maybe like with some digestive enzymes or a little shot of apple cider vinegar or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so there's so many different things um, that it can be, but we'll talk about the stomach a little bit and what that does and what that looks like. So the stomach is the place where your proteins are going to start getting digested. Um, you'll have some different, you know, enzymes going on um, in your stomach area but mostly it's going to be digesting your proteins and then some fats in there. Um, And then it's going to go down to the small intestines Mm -hmm. where it'll then mostly your carbohydrates and your fats are going to be digested there. Yep. So that's also going to be really important Um, going piggybacking off of the leaky gut you know, what, what are some issues that maybe are presenting itself? Someone with celiac could be having some issues with their small intestines. Like we had talked about in our last episode with inflammation, the microvilli not being able to um, do its job with that increased inflammation. Um, There could be bile insufficiency. SIBO is also another issue from that can take place in our small intestines. So it is really important to pay attention to some of these signs and symptoms. Yeah, definitely. So you're mentioning all of those um, different issues that can go on in the small intestines. And like we just said, it's important to make that connection of, okay, in your small intestines, the carbohydrates and your fats are getting broken down. They're getting absorbed. They're getting, you know, um, metabolized basically and sent different places in your body with different enzymes, your pancreatic enzymes, all of these different things, bile acids. Um, so if you, if you do have anything that what Brittany just mentioned, the SIBO, the leaky gut, um, just bacterial dysbiosis, you can have issues you know, with digesting your carbohydrates and maybe you have a weight loss issue and you never connect it to the fact that you have acid reflux or you have some kind of bloating every afternoon whenever you eat carbohydrates. And, you know, it just, those things can connect in so many ways. And we'll get into a lot of that through the process of this gut series, hopefully um, to, to explain it a little bit better. Um, But just to note that that's where in the small intestines, the carbs and the fat are, and that's where a lot of different bacterial um, or leaky gut disease issues can come up. And so that's, you know, sometimes resulting in the weight loss that we see 
in a lot of patients, you know, that they can't lose weight and then you clean their gut up and you help their, them fix their diet a little bit and it's all good to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to piggyback yeah. on that a little bit more, you know, yes, the carbohydrates are digested, but a lot of our nutrients are also digested throughout the small intestine. So like he was saying, if you're having that weight loss, if you're having some of those leaky gut symptoms, you're not absorbing vitamins and minerals. You might not be absorbing water very well. So you might be having more diarrhea or loose stools. So again, just a lot of things to pay attention to that we will continue to get into, but, um, check out what's going on in the bathroom, check on what's going on after meals. Are you having bloating? Are you having any type of reflux? Yeah. And we can, um, kind of go into, you know, going to the bathroom a little bit. Sometimes I hear this on nutrition podcasts that I listen to. And, um, I think it's just important to talk about, I even sometimes I'm teaching kids, you know, like about what it looks like to go to the bathroom and most, or some adults maybe have never even heard this before, you know, that you should be going, twice a day. It's not really once a day. It's not once every three days. It's Mm -hmm. twice a day. It should be easy. It should be, you know, clean, no, you know, no coloration, no anything. Um, it takes about, I think it's like 12 to 14 hours for different animal proteins to be digested and get all the way through you. But it takes only like 90 minutes for plant-based foods to get, you know, through your whole digestive tract. So if you're having um, a really good balanced breakfast, those things or lunch or dinner, those things should move through you pretty quickly. You should have, you know, two to three bowel movements per day that are normal and, you know, smooth. So mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing to talk about too. Well, and the importance of having regular bowel movements is your excreting waste products, you're excreting organisms, cholesterol, the bad cholesterol. So trying to get all of that out of your body regularly is going to be important. And then it also is going to be important to sustain a balanced uh, gut microbiome as well. So we've mentioned this before and we'll We'll continue to mention it, I'm sure, but adding vegetables with each meal or having fruit throughout the day as well is going to be really important. Like he said, with the plant-based foods, that fiber is going to just continue to make sure that the bowels are moving, that your GI tract is moving. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know if people know, but like, if you're not going to the bathroom every day, all of those toxins that you just mentioned, and this is especially important for women um, and our hormones, because we do, you know, excrete a lot of our hormones that way. Also, um, all of those toxins, if that sits in you for longer than it should, it's just going to get reabsorbed and it goes back to the gut, back through the liver, back to the gut. And then that, you know, it's just this constant cycle. And so that's taxing your liver. Mm-hmm. It's taxing your gut. It's, it's making your gut microbiome, you know, pretty inefficient. And it's putting a lot of things that you don't want in there, um, there. And yeah. so that's kind of 
what what that can look like. Um, and so we can maybe even go into a little bit of what the gut microbiome is, because I feel like we hear that word a lot. And um, it's like, okay, yeah, I know that's good, but what is that? Um, so the gut microbiome is basically going to be all of your intestines and like the bacteria that are in your intestines. So you have many different layers of cells and, you know, from your skin all the way to the inside, there's multiple different layers, um, of many different things, but that inside part where your villi are, there's a lot of bacteria. And so there's something called tight junctions and in your small intestines, all the way through your large intestines that these exist. And we want to make sure that these are, you know, very good stores of the good bacteria. That's what makes up your gut microbiome. I think it's like, I don't know the exact number, a hundred trillion cells or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, in that area. And they have so many different roles. They've done so much research on um, the different bacteria specifically. It used to be like, okay, good bacteria. But now it's like, we know what does what. Um, there's a really cool new product about, you know, like uh, brain health and serotonin and dopamine related to the gut. Like you can add these good probiotics into your gut um, specifically now because we have studied it so much, but that's what the gut microbiome is. And it has so many roles in our immune system, our absorption, digestion, brain function, metabolism, weight, everything, everything that we talk about, it plays a role in, but that's what it is. Yeah. I love it. It is such a new, not new, but within the last, I would say 10 years talked about topic and Again, we're going to continue to talk about this, but having a very diverse microbiome is also going to be beneficial. So having a variety of foods is going to be really important to have that healthy flora, have those healthy cells, and also you can change the way that your, your gut is right now. Maybe you're not eating the best, but you can change that over time. So you're never going to be just stuck and you're not on this linear path. You can always change whatever's happening in your body at any given time with how you eat and with how you exercise. Yeah, exactly. So it's recommended. I'm not sure if we said this before on the podcast to have between 30 and 40 different um, plant-based foods or slash and or vegetables per week. And the mm -hmm. recommendation comes from the idea of every single food has, you know, a different nutrient, a different profile, um, a different flavor. This can include like herbs, spices, beans, legumes, anything, you know, um, they're all gonna kind of restore and add different bacteria to that gut lining. That's going to keep those tight junctions tight, um, and able to do their job and, you know, help the, the processes of the body and avoid likely a lot of the things that Brittany mentioned earlier. Um, the leaky gut, the SIBO, all of that different stuff. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows our fruits and vegetables. Um, those can be so many things, but specifically any 
kind of like prebiotic food. Um, so kind of like chia seeds, um, legumes, beans, peas, nuts, these specifically will create, um, something called like a short chain fatty acid. And this is like proven they've done so much research on this, um, to help your gut and help your gut lining, um, stay together and work with your in connection with your brain, um, to, to make things function the way that they should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All really, really vital, especially because it's, you know, continuing to support your immune system, continuing to support your detoxification and that brain gut connection. Exactly. And so we know to, um, we can maybe kind of end with this, that the things that maybe cause a a decline in function in your gut are, of course, will be your processed foods, number one, Mm -hmm. um, and and anything that causes inflammation. So anything that we discussed um, last week, um, that was recommended to not have any kind of illness or infection can cause gut issues because of the bacteria or the virus or the, you know, whatever it is that your body has to work to fight off. Um, but of course, like Brittany mentioned earlier, we can always change that. You can pretty much change it very quickly as, as fast as you can ruin your gut. You can almost uh, help it. <laughs> you know, just as fast and it really doesn't take much, you know, so, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. certain medications, certain toxins, um, all of these different things, a poor diet poor sleep, um, over-exercising any kind of stress on the body. Um, all of these things can, can be harmful to your gut. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of good points to take away as far as our basics for gut health. So we talked about digestion starts at the mouth, what the role is in, um, swallowing for getting everything chewed up, getting it into the stomach, what that process looks like as far as, what's becoming absorbed in the stomach, what gets absorbed and utilized in the small intestine, and then what we should be looking for and how to start enhancing our gut health. And then what are some of those causes of the gut function decline? And what are things that you do need to be paying attention to as far as continuing to improve your gut health? So we're going to leave you guys with that today. Short and sweet. We're just starting off, kind of easing in, tiptoe into the water. Um, But again, if you find this podcast helpful, or if you think that someone would really enjoy the series that we're about to go into, please share it with someone. Make sure you're subscribed on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Um, We're going to continue to be doing the best we can with these podcasts throughout the summer months. I know everybody's busy, but we're going to do the best on getting info to y'all the first and third Monday of every month. If you guys have questions, um, you can comment on Spotify. You can drop us a note on 
Instagram. Uh, if you want to find us, follow us. You can follow me on the Instagram at Britt.Greenwood or at Own Your Nutrition. And Kristen, where can they find you? They can find me at Key the Dietitian on Instagram. And if you guys want to work with us, I work with clients virtually through Healthy Steps Nutrition. Um, and Kristen, they can find you as well, right? Yes, they can find me in Lafayette at Acadiana Center for Natural Health. Amazing. Thank you guys for listening and follow along for our gut series. And we will see you guys next time. See you then.